Hey, good morning. Welcome to King's Church. My name is Dylan. We're so honored that you're with us this morning, and I am excited about what God is doing in our church. Here in a couple weeks, we have a baptism Sunday on Sunday, August 8th. This is going to be a big day for some people as they take a step of faith in proclaiming their faith and going public with their faith. Maybe this is a day that's a big day for you. Maybe this is a day where you take the step of saying, you know what? I want to honor Jesus and obey Jesus in baptism. If that's you, let us know. We would love to help you take that step and get connected. Also, if you're new to the church, we would love to invite you to Growth Track. Growth Track is a two-step course that happens August 1st and August 8th on Zoom at 2 o'clock where you can help grow in your faith, learn about King's Church, and get connected to this community. We would love to plug you into that. Well, hey, I'm going to jump into our series. We're in our series titled The New You. And the reason we titled it The New You is because when you become a Christian, you don't just get a new set of beliefs. Matter of fact, you get a new life and a new lifestyle. You don't just tack on beliefs to your old self or your old life. Actually, the Bible teaches that the old you dies and that Jesus resurrects and creates in you a new you. Matter of fact, he says, the old is gone. Behold, the new has come. There's a new you. You have a new life. Now you have to learn to reorient your life, to to change your lifestyle, to align with the new life that God has given you. And today's topic is a new authority. And that word authority is kind of a dirty word in our culture. We hate that word authority. We, we, we repulse at that word authority, but the word authority can actually be a really good word. It's a word that if the authority itself is good, will bless us and strengthen us. It will give us life. It will give us a footing to stand on. And as we're going to see Jesus teaching that the authority of God is the greatest authority in our life. And, and everyone is building their life on something. Whether what your mom taught you when, a ki- when you were a kid is what you're building your life on, or whether it's what you learned in college, or maybe what your peers think about you, or what you read on your news feed, or what you see on social media, whatever it is that you're building your life on, we're all building our life on something. And it does us good to evaluate and question, what am I building my life on? Because if we don't, we probably will build our life on something that's not really solid ground. We're going to build our life on something that one day will shake and even break and we will fall because of it. But Jesus, in this little verse in Matthew, he groups every person in the world into one of two categories. He says, either you're building your life on the rock or you're building your life on the sand. And the one who builds his life on the rock, that person will endure the storms of life and they will stand firm. They'll endure, they'll persevere, their life will last. But the person who builds their life on the sand, when the storms of life come, their house will fall. Your life will collapse. And I can promise you this, if you build your life on the sand, your life will fall apart. Whether in this life or in the life to come, your life will fall apart. So what is the rock and what is the sand? Well, Jesus makes it really simple. He says those who hear the word of Jesus and obey it build their life on the rock. Those who hear the word of Jesus and disobey it or ignore it or reject it or are passive towards it, they build their life on the sand. Notice that both people hear the word of God, but only one obeys it. And he's talking about a foundation and foundations are important. My wife and I were in the housing market and we're looking at dozens of houses and every house, it's the same thing. My wife walks in the house and she goes to the kitchen and the bedrooms, and the living room and the bathrooms. And she's asking one question. 
Do I like the house? Could I live in the house? Can I make this home for our family? Can we have people in this? She's asking, do I want this house? I go straight to the basement and I look at the foundation, the electrical and the plumbing. I'm asking how much is this house going to cost me over the next 20 years? I'm looking at the foundation because if I know if it's a beautiful house built on a bad foundation, then it's a bad house. You could build a million dollar house on a bad foundation and, and in due time, it's just going to be a pile of rocks. I, I went to New York State with my family a few years ago and we were on Lake Champlain and riding around in a boat on Lake Champlain, looking at these beautiful houses on the lake. And I imagined to myself, man, these multi-million dollar homes. What if someone had just built them on the beach, on a bad foundation? But no one does that. They dig down to the bedrock and they build their house on something solid, something immovable, something that will be there for generations to come. Why? Because they don't want to build something that won't last. But many of us in our lives, we're not as smart. We're foolish in our lives when we build our lives on the sand. Jesus is calling us to do something different. Jesus is calling us to build our life on the rock. And he tells us that this passage is both warning and instruction. There's a warning. He said, hey, there's going to be storms in life. Your life is going to have rain and flood and winds beating on your house, trying to knock it down. He says, listen, John chapter 16, verse 33, he says, in this life, you'll have trouble. Everybody thinks that following Jesus is just like rainbows and roses. Like life is easy when you follow Jesus. I've heard people say this. Hey, become a Christian. Life will be great. No, actually, Jesus says in this life, you'll have trouble. If you follow me, you're going to be persecuted. If you follow me, life's going to get harder for you, not easier. In this life, you'll have trouble. You will go through hard times. You will suffer. You will get sick. Bad things will happen to you. Hey, God bless you this morning. You feeling blessed? Bad things are going to happen to you, Jesus says. He tells us if you follow me, it's going to be even harder. But he doesn't stop there. He says in this world, you'll have tribulation. But take heart. Why, Jesus? Because I have overcome the world. The hope of the Christian life is not that it will be easy. Actually, it will be hard. Our hope is simply this, that he has overcome the world. We're, we're walking with the one who walks with us in the storm. Mark chapter four, the disciples are in a boat in the middle of a storm and they're afraid. They're freaking out that they are about to die. They think, man, my life is over. We're going to die in this storm. And they go searching for Jesus. Maybe Jesus can help us. And they find Jesus and Jesus is asleep on the boat. Jesus is taking a nap in the middle of their storm. Why is he taking a nap in the middle of the storm? Because he knows that he is the one who commands the storm. So when you walk with Jesus, you're not just walking with one who's with you in the storm. You're walking with one whose word commands the storm. So he wakes up from his nap and he says, peace, be still. And immediately the storm stops and they look at, oh man, who is this that commands even the winds and the waves? It's his word. His word is life. His word is power. His word is authority. And when you walk with him and you build your life on his word, you can have peace in the storm. You can have peace in the storms of life. You, you can have comfort and grace and mercy. You can have the, the confidence of Jesus in the storms of life when you build your life on his authority. His word is a rock you can build on. It's a rock you can stand on. If you build your singleness on the word of God, 
Build your marriage on the word of God. Build your parenting on the word of God. Build your finances on the word of God. Build your career and your future and your life on the word of God. You will have a a steady, firm foundation. You will. If you build your life on the sand, that won't happen. But check this out. You won't know the strength of Jesus. You won't experience the peace of Jesus if you don't build your life on the rock of Jesus. You've got to build your life on his rock to experience his peace. And the rock is simply this. It's hearing and obeying. Hearing and obeying his word. It's not one or the other. It's not just hearing. No, you've got to obey as well to build your life on the rock. Being a Christian isn't about getting a ticket to heaven. It's about building your life on the foundation of God's word. Those who hear the words of Jesus and don't obey them, they're fools. You're only wise if you hear and obey. If you've ever seen someone build their house on sand, actually my wife and I, we took our kids to the beach this summer and I, I spent an hour on the beach most days just building a sandcastle for my kids. And, and let's be honest, I didn't build a sandcastle for my kids. I built the sandcastle because of my ego, because I wanted to build the biggest sandcastle on the beach. And I remember my kids kept trying to stop. They said, let me step on the sand. And I was like, you better not step on the sandcastle. We're leaving this beach because your daddy is going to have the biggest sandcastle on the beach. And I would build an amazing sandcastle. I mean, I'm the king of sandcastles. And I, I love watching these little kids walk by and, and tug on their daddy's shorts and say, Daddy, build me one like that. And I say, yeah, you're welcome, bro. Enjoy your day because you got to build a sandcastle now. But every morning when we came back, the castle was gone. The tide would come up and it would wash it away at night. If I built my house on the sand, I would be a fool. you got to build your life on a rock. Build your life on God's word. And when the going gets tough and every person goes through it, when you hit the storms of life, when it feels like life is flooding you or life is beating upon you, you got to have your life on the rock or else your life will fall apart. Some of you went through this in 2020. You experienced, man, my life's not on the rock of God's word. Some of you are going through this right now. You're going through some things and you're realizing my life is not built on God's word. Some of you are realizing that it is. And you're glad that it is. And you have confidence because it is. I know people who are going through some hard things right now. People that are fighting cancer right now. People that are going through some relational strain right now. And they have confidence in the word of God. They have peace in the middle of their storm because they built their life on the rock. And that can be the reality for your life. It starts by hearing. And there are so many voices vying for your attention. There there are so many voices crying out to you to pay attention to them. I mean, social media, you can have better life, better clothes. You, you can look at other people's highlight reels all day long and just aspire to have a life of more. I need more clothes, more, more, more friends, more relations. I need, I need more of everything, more money, more house. I need, I need more of everything. Why? Because they have it. They've got the, the looks and the charm. Yeah, you're comparing their highlight reel to your reality. It doesn't work every time. I, I'd like to see them take a picture on their worst day, but they take a picture on their best day. Social media, what about the coworker who pulls up with the new car and the new suit and the new watch? And man, it just seems they got it all going on. Yeah, that, that, that is vying for your attention. It, it draws your heart towards it or the news. You wake up and you scroll the news. Articles that are built, designed to elicit fear in your heart to make you come back and read more. Whatever it is, digital marketing experts estimate that most Americans are exposed to 4,000 to 10,000 ads each day. You've got 4,000 to 10,000 ads coming at you every day. And you've got to learn 
to build your life on the rock, to ignore those things that you can focus your attention and your gaze on the word of God. Jesus said in John chapter 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. A hallmark of the Christian is that they hear Jesus and they obey Jesus. Friends, you can hear him today. You can hear the word of God today. The primary way we hear him is through the Bible, through the words of God himself. You don't have to be a special Christian to hear God's word. You can, every single person can hear the word of God when we open the Bible. If God's word and prayer are the greatest weapons you have against your enemy, can't you imagine that your enemy is gonna do everything he can to distract you and keep you from those things? He's gonna do everything he can to get you on social media and wasting your time, video games, TV, anything he can do. Maybe make you feel like the Bible's inaccessible or it's too hard to read or you don't have time to read. He can do anything he can to keep you from reading the Bible and seeking God in prayer. I feel sad saying this, but most Christians I know don't have a consistent time where they sit down and read the Bible. And I'm not here to beat you up. I'm here to build you up. But, but I know that if you don't get time in the word of God, if you don't build your life on that rock, your life is gonna fall apart, just like that house that was built on the sand. And I don't wanna see that for your life. And that's why I wanna stand before you today and invite you into a relationship with Jesus where you actually seek him by his word and you build your life on the rock of his word. We, we in our culture, have more access to the Bible than any previous culture in history. And yet most Western Christians are Bible illiterate. We are, we are biblically anemic because we don't spend time hearing the words of Jesus. If you don't read your Bible, you don't need to feel bad. Today's not a day of guilt or shame. It's a day of the doctor saying, hey, you're not healthy. You've not been eating. You've not been exercised. Like you're, you're unhealthy. You're anemic. And, and God, the good doctor is saying to us, hey, I want to feed you. I want to pour life into you. I want to strengthen you. I want to strengthen your weary bones. It's going to happen according to his word. His, his word Proverbs tells us is literally healing to our bones. There, there's incredible life available to you, but it comes when you build your life on his word. That's why Paul says in 2 Timothy, he says, all scripture is breathed out by God. It's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God or the woman of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. God's word is enough for you. God's word is everything you need. God's word, every scripture is breathed out by God. That's, that's why I can read a passage in Leviticus that says, hey, you make the animal sacrifice on this day and pull out the entrails and make sure there's no blood. I can read that and although it does nothing for me mentally, it blesses me spiritually. Why? Because I'm reading the words of Jesus. When I read the genealogies, I get bored, man. Why all the genealogies? Obviously, they're there to point us to Jesus as the promised Messiah. But come on, man, give me the cliff notes. But when I read it, it, sometimes I'm going, what is happening? But it's blessing me spiritually, even though I don't always realize. Why? Because it's the word of God. Every time you open the book, you hear the words of God. No other book has the wisdom or the transforming power or the revelation or the knowledge that this book has. The Bible is, is co compared to none. And every time you open the pages and read a word, you hear a word from God. You, you get the breath of God breathed upon you when you open the words of scripture. That's why Jesus could say, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. How many times a day do you eat? Most people, two to three. Your boy, it's like five to six, okay? Your boy likes to eat, okay? I've been, I've been trying all year to lose 20 pounds, and so far I'm doing good. 
only 10 pounds up. You know, I'm just I like to eat. I like my food. And food is a felt need. I feel hungry. And when I'm hungry, I get hangry and I get weak. My body gets weak. But spiritual food, you don't always feel that way. Actually, spiritually, the hungrier you, you only have hunger when you're seeking out God's word. So the more you eat, the hungrier you get. And the less you eat, the less you realize how hungry you really are. Why it's, why it's so critical that we feed on the word of God consistently to keep an appetite for his word in our hearts. That's, that's why fasting is so helpful to us. Fasting reminds us that we have a greater spiritual need for food than we do a physical need for food. Fasting reminds us that we live not by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So my hope today is to stir up your appetite for spiritual food. I want to invite you into a, a habit of reading your Bible every day of your life. But here's what I know. That habit doesn't come just from one sermon. That, that habit comes from daily decisions. Matter of fact, what happens is one decision made over and over and over again becomes a habit. And those habits done consistently become identity. So running, for example, if you decide today, if I decided today, I'm going to go on a run, which does not happen. I'm going to go on a run. That is one decision. And if I make that decision again and again and again and again, so for the next four weeks, I say, I'm going to go on a run every day and I do it. That decision becomes a habit. Now I've got the habit of running. That habit of running done consistently becomes identity. In three years, I, would, I wouldn't just say, hey, I go running sometimes. I would say, I'm a runner. In the same way, you're, you're, the decision to feed on the word of God every day becomes a habit and that habit becomes your identity. No, this, this is who I am. I'm a person who feeds on the word of God, which means I cannot neglect that. It doesn't matter what comes up, what happens. I cannot neglect it. And so I want to make an invitation to you. I want to invite you for the next 30 days, starting tomorrow, starting on Monday, for the next 30 days to read the Bible every day for 30 days for 30 minutes a day. And I want to invite you, read the book of Matthew and the book of Proverbs. One chapter a day in Matthew, one chapter a day in Proverbs. And, and when you get to Matthew 28, that's the end. On the 29th day, I want to invite you, just read Proverbs 29 and 30. And on the 30th day, read Proverbs 31. I want to make this invitation. The next 30 days, read, one, read, read the Bible for 30 minutes, one chapter of Matthew, one chapter of Proverbs. I promise you, if you do this, and you make a daily decision to read and that decision becomes a habit, this habit will transform your life. You will become someone who is no longer building your life on the sand, but you're building your life on the rock. If you make a decision that I'm not just going to hear, I'm going to obey. This is a keystone habit in the Christian life. A keystone habit is one habit that creates a whole lot of other habits. When you start running, that's a keystone habit because when you start running, you start drinking more water and eating better and sleeping better and your anxiety goes down, your depression goes down. Running is a keystone habit. Reading your Bible and praying is such a keystone habit that if you get that habit, you get half the Christian life. But it's not just hearing, it's obeying. It's, it's cultivating when I hear it, I'm going to do what it says. I'm not going to hear it and be a fool who walks away from it unchanged. I'm going to hear it and be a wise man who builds my life on it which means I make decisions to change my life according to God's word. I'm going to align my life with what the word of God teaches. This is what James said, Jesus' brother, in James chapter 1, verse 22 to 25, he said, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. It's not anyone else you deceive, it's yourself you deceive. 
when you hear God's word, when you sit in church week after week after week and you hear the message, but you don't apply, but you don't apply it. You, you hear what, what God's calling you to do, but you don't act on it. You actually deceive yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away at, and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Everyone understands how foolish it would be to look in the mirror and see some spinach in my teeth and be like, wow, that's a lot of spinach, and then walk away unchanged. No, no, I would get the spinach out. Yet so many people approach the word of Jesus this way. We come to church, we sit, we listen to a message. Oh, I was entertained. Oh, I like that. But we don't change. Jesus says, no, no, you're, you're more blessed if you hear a little and obey it than if you hear a lot and disobey it. Hearing a little and obeying it will bless your life like crazy. Hearing a lot, you go to church all the time, read your Bible all the time, don't do anything with it. It's not going to bless you. It's actually going to deceive you and make you a fool. We got to be those who hear and obey God's word. Delayed obedience is not obedience. So we teach our kids obedience is right away, all the way with a happy heart. And that happy heart thing, that's just our way of saying, hey, your heart's devotion. Like, really have your heart in this. Don't be grumbling and angry. Oh, fine, I'll do what you said, but I'm mad at you. No, no. Obedience is right away, all the way with the happy heart. Delayed obedience is not obedience. So if God tells me today, hey, go to John down the street who's struggling and give him a hundred bucks and just say, hey, man, I'm praying for you. I want to bless you. This is because Jesus has been generous to me. I'm going to be generous to you. If God tells me to do that, and I wait, and God says, do it right now. And I wait till tomorrow to do it. That's not obedience. I, my delayed obedience is not obedience. If he told me to do it today, obedience is doing it today. But if I go today and I say, hey, John, here's 50 bucks. God loves you. Jesus loves you. His general. I didn't obey. Why? Because I didn't do it. Full, I didn't do it all the way. I didn't do exactly what Jesus told me to do. I, I did it immediately, but I did not obey all the way. And with a happy heart, if I do it, I say, hey, John, man, I don't want to do this. Like, this is my money, but God told me to, I'm going to do it. But man, I didn't want to do it. That's not obedience either. It's right away, all the way with the heart that is devoted to Jesus. That's what obedience is. And let me tell you, if you hear his word and obey his word today, you will build your life on the rock. And someone needs to hear this because you've been building your life on the sand and you realize that it is falling apart. You realize that it is not steady ground. And you have to learn obedience to Jesus by learning to hear his word and obey what he tells you. You're not going to get it all in one day, but you can take whatever he tells you today, whatever you find in his word today. When you open your Bible today, open the book of Matthew today. When you hear that word, do what he says. And when you do what he says, it will bless your life and you will begin to build your life on the rock of God's Word. So where do we start? Well, hey, what I want to encourage you to do, grab a Bible, download the YouVersion Bible app, get a Bible at a bookstore, buy a Bible on Amazon, come get a Bible at church, whatever you got to do, get a Bible. I recommend the ESV version. We read the ESV here at King's Church and, and you would do well to also pick up a notepad or a journal and just do this. Read Matthew and Proverbs one chapter a day and then use the SOAP Bible study method. Very simple. You look at a scripture. So Matthew chapter one, verse four, you look at that and then you make some observations. What does it say? Who's talking? What's happening around it? Just kind of take note of what sticks out to you. And then you make some applications. Okay, this is what God's word says. Now, how do I apply it to my life? What do I need to do today to obey 
his word. And the last thing, prayer. So S-O-A-P, scripture, observation, application, prayer. You can only obey by the help of the Holy Spirit, but he loves you. He's with you. He wants to help you. And so simply pray and ask God to help you apply his word to your life and write his word on your heart. I promise you, if you do this, it will change your life. If you become a person who builds your life on the rock, it will change your life. That's my prayer for you today. That's what I'm praying for you today. And that's also what I, I, my hope for you is that this would, be a, this would be a month, these next 30 days that transform your life by little decisions that become a habit, that become your identity, that you are a person of the book, that you're a person who lives on and feeds on the words of Jesus Christ. This is how Jesus ends. He says, and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house, the one that was built on the sand, and it fell and great was the fall of it. My prayer for you is that that would not be your reality, that this would not be the end of the story for your life, but the end of the story for your life would be that the rains fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house and it endured and it persevered because you built it on the rock. I want to pray for you right now. Maybe you're listening to this and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've never stepped into this moment of saying, Jesus, forgive me of my sins and give me a relationship with you. He is the son of God. He died on the cross for your sins in your place. He rose from the dead three days later to give you life in his name. And if you trust in him, he will forgive you. He will change you. He will give you eternal life. And if that's you, if you need to take that step, I'd love to just pray for you right now. It'd be my honor to kind of walk you through what does it mean to become a follower of Jesus? So if that's you, maybe just close your eyes, bow your head and repeat after me as I pray this. Wherever you're at on your couch, in your living room, maybe in your backyard, maybe you're driving in your car, just repeat after me as you pray this prayer. Father, thank you that you sent Jesus to die for my sins. Thank you that he died for me, that he rose from the dead and that he has promised to forgive me and to fill me with his spirit. I commit my whole life to following him and I ask you to forgive me of my past, my present and my future. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to live the rest of my life following you, Jesus. Amen.